Well, good morning, everyone. I find it really uh, entertaining to be up here and to see that no matter what we're doing, no matter what time of day it is, everybody still is in your assigned seats. It's just incredible. <laughs> there, yeah, you did move up three rows. Yeah, good for you. You should be proud. Oh, goodness. Well, listen, we are so glad that you are here. We are excited to share things that are happening in the life of our church that are encouraging, that we are encouraged by. And so let me just pray for our time as we get started together. Lord, thank you so much for this sweet family. Thank you for the privilege of living life together and having life in you. I just pray that as we continue to uh, commit ourselves to this body of believers, that we would see your hand at work, we would be a part of your work, and we would see that extend to the uttermost parts of the world. And so, Lord, just be with us this morning as we spend time together as your people for your purposes. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So just real quickly, um, just some things that I want you to know about that have been encouraging over the last year. Some of you are aware uh, one of the things that the elders decided to do at the beginning of the year is what we called an elder invite meeting, and we just basically designated one meeting a quarter that we would normally be meeting, and we just invited all the men in the church who were interested to come be a part of that time with us, and we did a few things. We started out with just kind of looking at how we uh, engage with Scripture to guide us through council situations, um, and we tried to demystify that by just uh, promoting the simplicity of observing and asking questions about what you observe and allowing those truths to kind of rise to the top as you go through that. That kind of set the standard. We then went and talked about the, the topic of salvation um, because that was an important basis of any counseling situation that anyone might find themselves in, we wanted them to be able to effectively lead somebody to a clear understanding of what it means to uh, be saved by faith in Christ alone. And we then took that into some kind of current topics in our culture, one of them being gender identity, big, big topic. And so we just took those principles that we began our time with and then applied it to that topic and how we navigate that in our world today. And then the last one was on marriage, uh, easily the most common issue that we face today uh, in our church, probably in our world in general. And so it was just so encouraging to have a consistent group of men who came into that room who were active in the discussion. And just the picture of my, in my mind of seeing these tables with men sitting down with their Bibles looking at Scripture, talking with one another, I just thought, man, I'd, I can't think of anything that I would be more encouraged by than, than that. So wanted you to know that and, and let you know what a, a blessing it was to spend that time together. And with that, I uh, would just encourage you to continue to be prayerful for men who would, be, uh, who would have a desire to serve as an elder. Part of the reason we did that was to just help equip anyone to shepherd in any context, whether that's their home their small group, uh, their workplace, uh, but our, our desire also was to invite people into an understanding of what it means to serve as an elder within this body, and so we would just ask for your continued prayers that God would raise up men who would serve as elders here at Melanie Park. 
a few weeks ago, we had a ministry leader meeting. I think there were probably over 40 people who filled that room. Uh, greatly encouraged again for the same reason. We looked at the word together. We had some great discussion together. Um, but just so encouraged to see so many people so committed to ministry within this body. Um, they weren't there because they had to be there. They were there because they wanted to be there. And it was just a rich time. I think I've mentioned this before, but in our small little church, which, you know, we may have a couple hundred people here on a Sunday morning, it's encouraging to know that there are 150 people at least who are involved in a small group here at Melanie Park. That's just incredible and greatly encouraged by that fact. And you're going to hear more about some new developments with that this, this morning as well. Two other things I want to encourage you in. One is in February, I've mentioned this before, but the marriage conference that Keegan and Terry Williamson will be leading for us on Valentine's weekend, I would just urge you to mark your calendars now. I know men, we sometimes get stressed about that particular holiday and pulling off something that's meaningful for our wives. Well, let me just tell you, you're going to get, we're making it easy for you this year, right? Just do the marriage conference. She will be so glad. You will be so glad. You'll both be blessed because of it. So just mark your calendars now, Valentine's weekend, Friday and Saturday, because it's going to be good um, and would encourage you to make that commitment. And then lastly, with the Thanksgiving meal, uh, as I've often said, one of my favorite events, maybe perhaps my favorite event of the year, um, is just getting together as a church family for the Thanksgiving meal reminds you of a couple of things. One is we want you to invite guests. We always have plenty of food. And so your neighbor, your coworker, anybody that you would want to have come, your international student, if you've adopted an international student, please invite them to come and be a part of that time. Um, with that, just a small little uh, logistical thing. There is a family in our church whose child has a very severe peanut allergy. So what they've done is they're just for their safety, they're going to bring their own food, right, and sit at their table. But they did want us to communicate if there's anybody else who has food allergies or would like to join them at their table, you're invited to do so. They'd be glad for you to do that. Um, if you'll just talk to Linda, she'll help direct you, but just wanted you uh, to know about that. But please plan to come to the Thanksgiving meal because it'll be a great time. Um, the next thing that we want to talk about is... Um, summer camp update, and I'm going to just preface this before Bruce comes up because I had the privilege of being a part of all these meetings that we had as a staff and then had with some of the leadership in the camps that we were looking at, and it was our sincere desire to find a place that we really felt like best aligned with the heart for ministry that we have in this church, that we could kind of have somewhat of a long-term commitment with moving forward so that there's consistency year after year. Because as you're probably aware, within the last several years, we've been to three different camps, so we've kind of moved around here and there. And we really felt like it was in the best interest of our church and our families to uh, determine a, a place that we're going to park for a little bit over the next few years. And so Bruce is going to kind of fill you in on what that has looked like. So. Good morning. So we're, uh, we're, we decided with um, our kind of the, the criteria we looked at for summer camp, we're going to be going back to Glorietta, excited about it. Um, we've been, like Todd said, we've been to three different camps over the last 10 years, and we felt like Glorietta hit all the criteria uh, the best possible. So for one, number one, uh, they, they're all about relationships, your relationship with God and relationship with one another 
And so what's great about Glorietta is that they run a group camp. And group camp is where you come with your church, your youth ministry, or your uh, children's ministry, and you get to do camp together. So you do all the activities together. You do the worship times, uh, all these different uh, small groups together. So that's what's really great. They really believe in relationships, and they understand that the community that we have here, they, uh, you know, camp, you get to go and enjoy that community, but the community that really matters for in the long run is the community that we have here. And so they want us to bring that back and build that community at camp and then continue that going forward. So we're going, we're going back to do group camp. Um, and there's the, the programming there is amazing. I've been to a number of different camps. I kind of got nudged into youth ministry even at a different camp. And I got to tell you, the programming at Glorietta is quite amazing. I remember one time they were teaching through the exile when the Israelites went into exile. And uh, they were working through the, some of the prophets and Daniel. <clears throat> and they actually sent us to exile at camp. And so we got to, we, we didn't get to be a part of, like, they sent us to the wilderness, honestly. It was quite amazing. And so we got to deal with our sin in that time and then come back together and talk through it. It was quite amazing. We even... What, what they had us do is, actually, our students have mentioned this a number of times, too. Um, they had us pick a rock, and on that rock, write out all of our sin. And so it was kind of hard. We had to carry that rock with us everywhere in exile. And it was kind of interesting because I wanted to hide my rock and my sin because of the shame behind that, right? And a lot of us did. We, talk, we got to work through that around the campfire and just be honest and vulnerable with each other, sharing those struggles, and uh, there is just a great freedom in that. And so it was a beautiful time. So the programming is amazing. Um, they also provide group camp, not only for middle school and high school, but for elementary. And that was one thing that we really, really enjoyed. Our elementary campers will get to be together and do group camp together and be um, going through camp together. And what's great is for Christy and I, when we go, and hopefully some other uh, sponsors, We'll get to just enjoy the relationships. They take care of camp. They take care of the small groups. They take care of all the activities. And Christy and I will just get to invest in those relationships. So really excited for that. Um, also, they offer three weeks of counselor training, which this was really important for us. Three weeks. I've been to a number of different camps. That's, that's a high number of weeks for training. The camp I even grew, uh, started going to, as a college student, when I was a counselor, I only offered one week. And so to offer three weeks of uh, counselor training was amazing. They even have a time where um, these campers are put in, or the, I'm sorry, these future counselors are put into scenarios. And they are trained in how to work through the specific scenarios if this happens or if this happens. So the training is quite, quite incredible too. And just the last few things here, the distance is right. <laughs> it was about... Uh, you know, four to five hours drive. It's, in, it's near Santa Fe. Glorieta is near Santa Fe, New Mexico, in, uh, in the mountains. Beautiful camp. And also the price is right, actually cheaper than the camp we went to last year. And so with these criteria, we just made, we made a decision to get a prayerful decision and decided Glorieta is the way to go. So excited for that future relationship. We do have a camp video that we'd like to show you now. Thank you. We brought our youth group to group camp because this is something we've done for the last four years to bring them to Glorietta, and they would not have it any other way. It would be a riot if we didn't bring them. We've been coming to this camp actually for a long time with the exact same church, so each year I see new people, 
and I gain even more and more of a connection. We just bond together and we keep on building each other up and we just, we're there for each other. And this camp brings us with group exercises, helps us understand which one of our faults are. We help each other, we cheer each other on. So it's like we're building off of our weaknesses, making us even, even better and stronger body in Christ. Group camp is just, the experience has just been amazing. Um, from the activities, to the scheduling, to the counselors, and the relationship that they have with our students, um, the relationship that they have with us, has just been phenomenal. So just above and beyond any other camp that we've ever attended. I think the most surprising thing about group camp is how much you actually learn about each other. You get to just know more about each other and your group and people you came with, people you thought you knew, but you get to know them better. And we have conversations and I get to know more of their personal story and I get to be a leader to them too, but also be led by them also. I feel like every kid gets their money's worth every time we leave here because the camp is so accommodating. We have so much fun and rain or shine. And then of course it's so exciting when you see life change in a kid. You can you know a kid's been carrying something around all year and they come here, they go back home a new kid. And, and then of course the super exciting salvation anytime a kid gets saved and accepts the Lord as their savior is so, so exciting. And this place provides opportunities that are unforgettable for that kiddo. Good morning. All right, so I'm going to talk with you all a little bit more about Glorietta and why you should send your kids to go to Glorietta. So um, I've been to Glorietta four times. Uh, the first time I went, I believe I was like a sophomore, um, and it was just an incredible experience. Uh, right off the bat, like I got to grow so much closer with all the other students that were in the youth ministry, and I actually got to like grow close with Zach Sims, who's like still my best friend to this day. And so like the relationships that you have at Glorietta are unreal. And it's like super cool where those get to go. Um, whenever you go to Glorietta, um, we often experience something called a camp high, where you go to camp, but then like whenever you come home, you feel like you're down. And like because that community at camp isn't like home anymore, it feels like a drag almost. And so one of the cool things about Glorietta, though, is you get to bring that like community home. What they focus on is growing up your community around your actual youth group that you're with. And because of that, you get to grow closer with them, and then you get to take that community home back with you. So that camp high experience where you feel like on fire for God, it seems to almost never go away because that community that you had is now at home with you. Um, the second time I went to Glorietta, um, I was a junior, and I did service team slash group camp. Um, so I did group camp for a week at the church, and then I stayed for three more weeks and washed dishes with service team. Um, <clears throat> it's actually a lot more fun than it sounds. I know washing dishes for three weeks kind of sounds... Uh, boring and it, it was very exhausting, but it actually was a lot of fun. Um, we had a lot of water, water fights and a lot of really cool experiences with, with each other and got to, again, grow closer with each other and just be able to create some really cool bonds. Um, the third time I went, I went back and did service team for three weeks. Um, again, I loved washing dishes so much that I wanted to do it a second time. <laughs> and um, kind of going and getting to do that, probably the biggest takeaway from that is that like life is hard. A lot of those people that did service team, they came from some really tough places. But one of the cool things about it is that God gets to work through all of those places. 
Like no matter how like rough that situation might look like that somebody came from, God still worked through it. And that was like the biggest takeaway from that time that I went to Glorietta. Um, the fourth time I went was just last year as a counselor. Um, what a cool experience that was. Um, getting to be a counselor is really, really exhausting. You don't get a whole lot of sleep, but it's worth every second of it. Every single like day that I was there, I can honestly say every day I said, I love my job. And it was never something where like people were like, oh, ha, I love my job. No, like 100%, like every day, it was like 100% real, I love my job. Because getting to be a part of Glorietta, getting to be able to serve um, to the youth was just such an amazing blessing. Um, I'm actually planning on going back next year as well. I've already been accepted, uh, sent in my application, everything like that. And if everything that we're planning on goes right, then the hope is that I get to be the counselor for the church whenever um, y'all send your kids to be able to go. So hopefully I'll get to be y'all's counselor. But yeah, um, I keep going back just because I love Glorietta so much. Um, Glorietta's done a lot for me. It's grown me up as a person. It's showed me some amazing community. It's <laughs> let me wash dishes. And, I mean, honestly, it's just such a cool place to be. And being a counselor, one of the biggest things that I learned was that it's a blessing to be a blessing. I thought whenever I was going to go that I was going to be, like, the coolest counselor. I'm going to get to change these kids' lives, but, like, they change your lives. And the fact that you get to be a part of that is so incredible. And, I mean, it truly was a blessing to be a blessing. Um, and so, like, seriously, like, send your kids to go. It's such an amazing experience. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you all Glorietta's mission um, because it's a big part of like everything that we do. Um, and it's to inspire Christ-like change through outdoor adventure, authentic relationships, and biblical truth. And so if you want to know like what Glorietta is about, that's it. Everything that we do, that's what it's focused on. Group camp, as Bruce was talking about, like that's our whole mission with every single student that comes in is we want to inspire Christ-like change in their life by taking them on long, hawks, or long hikes with those just outdoor adventure, or be able to just like grow closer to them in the Bible studies that we have and be able just to teach them the word and just be able to grow them closer as a community together. Um, and like, that's why camp is so important. That's why every day I said that I love my job it's because I got to see this experience firsthand. I got to see how Glorietta changed my life and changed other students' lives. And so I'm gonna show y'all a brief story that's, uh, it's one of my favorite stories about one of my campers that I had. Um, he came from a little bit of a rough background. Uh, it, was, it was kind of like, just like a bad family situation. <clears throat> but one of the cool things that he did is, um, like he came to Christ over the week that we were at Glorietta. And so that was just one of the coolest things that I got to see. But also, one of the days that we were there, um, his youth pastor had the idea of playing a game with us whenever we had some downtime of sharing the gospel with a random item around you. So like, you know, you have the class examples where there's obviously trees, so you know, Christ keeps you rooted and that kind of thing. Um, but he decided to uh, do one, and so he asked me to come up, and he sat me down in front of him, and he says that the gospel is like this. He says, you see Jared's hair, and then he messed it up, and it went everywhere, and he says, now this is what the wind does. The wind blows it around, and the wind is basically sin. It makes it all messy and tangled. And he goes, but what God does is he comes over, and he straightens it out. And he straightened my hair, and it, it was just, like, such, such a comedic thing to see this little, like, ninth grader do. But, like, even though, like, that's the way he decided to share the gospel, like, he understands the gospel because, like, 
That's so true. I mean, the wind, the sin blows us around and like takes us down to places we shouldn't be, but God straightens us out, right? And so, yeah, that's what I want to leave y'all with today. So send your kids to Glorietta. Just a couple of last things. I'm really excited to take the elementary uh, campers this year because this is the first time that they've had an option for group camp for elementary. Before now, it's only been an individual camp, and I'm just, I wasn't comfortable with that. So I wanted to find some place where I can be with them. And Glorietta is just an exciting, fun, filled place. So I would encourage you to send your campers with me this summer. You will be receiving an email invitation in the next couple of weeks if you're wanting to sign uh, someone up. And we are also going to have a representative from Glorietta coming to the church sometime in November. We're trying to nail the timing down right now. And we'll send an invite out for that also. You can come and hear from them directly. Have, if you have any questions, they're going to be here to answer them. And I think that's really special too. <clears throat> they're going to make a trip here just to talk to you guys, to make you feel comfortable and to answer any questions that you have about their camp. So the information is up here. And the first deposit's due by January the 5th. The remaining balance will be due March the 1st. And the last but not least is poinsettia sales begin today for fundraising. This is an excellent way for your kids to make all of the money for camp. They will make a lot of money per plant that they sell. So um, you'll be getting an email about that as soon as church is over if you have a kid that's eligible to go to camp. So we appreciate that you trust us to send your kids with us, and we just hope that uh, this, this change is going to be a really positive one. So we're excited about it. Thanks. All right, as Brian comes up, any questions or anything about Glorietta and that decision? Great. Uh, Christy's right. The fact that they're able to come here and speak to parents firsthand is uh, a real treat. So I hope that you will make plans for that when they do come. But we're excited about it. So, Brian? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. What she said. Anything else on camp? All right. Uh, I want to take a moment just to talk about small groups. I want to remind us of the significance of groups and then share a few new groups that are starting up and encourage you, if you're not plugged into a group, this would be a great time to get plugged in. So small groups for us, if you remember what Shad, uh, Todd shared a few weeks back, the, 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 the discipleship highway, small groups are the fast lane for discipleship. Uh, they're a significant avenue for shepherding and caring for one another, and they're a vital means by which we equip the saints for works of ministry. You know, there's facets of Christian life that cannot be experienced in here on a Sunday morning at 1045. We need life-on-life -life interaction, consistent, constant interactions in Jesus-centered, gospel-centered community. And that's what we desire small groups to be. You know, different groups do, uh, different churches do groups differently. Uh, but for us, small groups are more than a Bible study. Not less than a Bible study, but more than a Bible study. So we want to, in our small groups, be opening up our Bibles, hearing from the Lord, but also be opening up our lives. There's a, a huge relational component to small groups that we value. 
here and see as significant to ministry. So we open up our Bibles, we open up our lives, and we live together as disciples on mission. What has Jesus called us to do? Well, he's called us to be disciples who go and make disciples. That's what we desire small groups to be. So over the next year, you're going to be hearing a bit from me. If you're a small group leader in January, uh, you're going to be getting uh, the first of a quarterly newsletter, just trying to equip leaders and make sure that you have all the resources that you need to lead well. Uh, So over the year, you'll be hearing from me on a few occasions. And again, if you're not in a group, I'd encourage you to get plugged into a group. Uh, As Todd referenced earlier, currently there's 11 small groups. Uh, The exact number is 144 people, adults, who are in small groups. Not to mention our youth groups. We have uh, four youth groups between 30 and 40 kids. And uh, that's a pretty significant number uh, for a church our size. And um, I want to share with you three new groups that are starting. The first one, David and Susan McCartney have been gracious to um, offer to lead a group at their home. And they're partnering with the Freedmen's and a few other couples to start that. It's going to be a a Saturday evening group, uh, one to two times a month. If you're interested in that, uh, David and Susan's contact numbers are up there. If you have your binoculars, you can see that. Um, If you don't have your binoculars, you can find it on Alexio or just talk to them. Um, But that's going to be uh, a Saturday evening group. Uh, The next one I'm super excited about, there were a few ladies that approached us, uh, Gwen Sharp and um, uh, Sharon Smith, and they, they propose this idea of, hey, most small groups during the evenings, there's a bunch of uh, women in the church who either can't drive at night or don't feel comfortable driving at night. What if we started a daytime small group for those women? So uh, after a, about a month or so of, of prayer and, and just talking through it, uh, they decided to launch it. So that's going to be Thursday mornings, uh, 10.30 a.m., two times a month, and uh, again, Gwen and Sharon's contact information's up here. Uh, I know they've reached out to or will reach out to uh, many uh, of the women in that uh, stage of life. Uh, but if they haven't contacted you and that's something you're interested in, uh, please reach out to them or come see one of us. And then lastly, um, another uh, opportunity that's been developed, uh, Zach Sims approached us and said, hey, you know, we're in a college town. Right now, Melanie Park doesn't have a college ministry. How can I get that going? So we talked it through with him. We brought Bruce in, uh, a few other guys like Jared and Chase. And they've talked through and prayed through uh, what it would look like to start a college small group. And um, Carrie and Sherry Gilbert are going to partner with them on that. Uh, This is going to be a Sunday morning group that meets during the 930 hour uh, downstairs uh, in in the basement down there. And if that's you, if you're a college student or if you know a college student, uh, you can text this uh, number up here, uh, at M-P-C-C-O-L-L, text it to 81010. That's how the young kids do it these days. <laughs> so if that is you, or if you know a college student, um, please direct them uh, in that direction. Uh, they will be meeting uh, next Sunday. The college students will be meeting November 17th and November 24th. Downstairs there'll be food. Um, then they'll do a Christmas party of some sort. And then they'll officially launch in January, corresponding with the the start of the new semester. Um, So that is that. Any questions on small groups?
wow, we don't have food where we go on Sunday mornings. All of a sudden, I'm feeling 18 again. I'm not going to do this. I got to add it up the other day, and this semester, I'm a 94th semester. A 94th semester sophomore at Texas Tech. <laughs> now I know why I fi figured that out, because I have a place to go now. <laughs> I wanted to visit with you just a little bit about, um, um, in fact, my transcript is so far down in the basement of one of those built buildings that they turned it into a dorm, but they left the files down there. I went one time to go get a transcript, and they said, we can't do that. It's in the basement of this building. It's now a dormitory. And anyway, so anyway, take that for what it's worth. Anyway, I want, want to visit with, with you a, a little bit about the um, missions emphasis here at, at Melanie Park and just let you know some things that uh, are, are going on. Back uh, um, prior to 1983, um, when this church was part of an association of churches, uh, that association had a very uh, uh, large missions emphasis um, and had missionaries all over the world as well as in the U United States. And um, um, so we were a part of that as far as the association goes. And then whenever we left that association, I think in 1983, um, um, the leadership of the church had a desire for us to develop our own uh, missions emphasis here at Melanie Park. And um, so in, in order to do, do that, um, uh, we began a relationship with an organization called Laterno Ministries based out of Dallas. And if you recognize the name Laterno, um, of which many of you in the room do, we began an association with that group um, and had several pe pe people over a two or three year period of time make trips down to Lima, Peru to uh, take a look at the um, ministry model that that organization was using for church planting. And um, we never actually sent any missionaries there, but... Um, but the, but the trips and the relationships that, that we formed with that organization um, did, did a lot for us and helped build the, the desire to begin a, a missions movement here. So as a result of those relationships that we built and having a place to send people to see things in a cross-cultural setting, uh, we began a missions program here to send and when we first be, be began, the, the plan was to send a group of missionaries from this church to Mexico. Uh, and we were going to use the model that they uh, used in the, the, the Laterno ministry there uh, to plant churches there. Um, so our first mi mi missionaries that you, I'm sure you know of that we sent out were Keegan and Terry Williamson, who will be here in, in February with us, they went in 1985, and, and, and over the years we sent four more missionary units to Mexico, but as this thing grew, uh, there were people that had desires to go to other, pla uh, other places in the world and other places in the United States, and so we 
were able to accommodate that, and, and, and then the thing, thing grew as, as time went, went along. Um, but as, as time has gone, gone by now, um, uh, we, we've had a few other folks go out on short-term things for ju just a, a short number of years and, and come back. And so re recently, or last year, the, 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 the missions committee began to th think about the idea of, of revitalizing the missions movement here because we had sent uh, quite a few people out from Melanie Park and as time has gone along, uh, you know, in the beginning, when we had missions co conferences, those missions uh, um, ba banquets that we would have were in and in informational. We were find finding out about opportunities, had speakers come in. As a result of those things, we had people go out to different parts of the world. But in the last 10 years, our missions w weekends, our conferences, and the banquets have been more like homecomings because there were so many people in this city uh, you know, Melanie Park, Todd said we have 200 people in this room on Sunday morning and there are more kids down the hall. And, uh, but Melanie Park is actually a me mega church uh, because if you ask all the people in this town who used to attend Melanie Park, you know, it's probably five or 6,000 pe people. So if you want to consider yourself a large church, it's just because, but there are a lot of people. So when we have our, our missions conferences, uh, if, you, if you've ever been to one and gone to the, ban to the banquet, it is like a homecoming because we have our missionaries who come in. There are other people at the ban banquet who support them and used to be a part of this church and so, so forth. So anyway, as some of our folks have begun to retire, and then we have had some, some of our, mi our missionaries who have turned their works over to nationals, to be people who, who have been trained to take over those works, uh, we, we realized that um, it was time for us to kind of revitalize this. And, and so what, what we've done is we've gone back and looked at what took place when we first began the movement here. Those were things that we didn't plan to do. They were just things that, that worked out, but, but, they plant, but they turned out to, to be, to be a, a, good, a good way of doing it because over the years we have sent several people out just from Melanie Park on short-term things, but also for long, period, long periods of time. So we set about the idea of revitalizing the missions movement here and just wanted you to know some things that, that are going on. The first thing that we, we made a list of things that we would need, need to do in order to begin to encourage more folks to go out and, and to cross-cultural ministry. And these are not just young people, but, but that, that, that anybody could do. And we realized that because of some situations that had come up over the years, the first thing we needed to do was to come up with a vetted list of mission agencies, agencies that we know and have come to know and who align with our beliefs, uh, with what we're wanting to do, uh, also doc doctrinally and the theologically. And so we have begun that pro process. Um, uh, we, we spent time with uh, three agencies so, so far, and, and, then we, and, and we intend to be in contact with or to visit as many as six more this ne next year in order to hopefully come up with a list of four or five agencies uh, that, that, that we could use to send our folks through uh, as pe 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 people come up with a with desire to uh, serve. 
so that's where, where we are right now. And this first stage of vetting mission agencies is difficult. Uh, we've, we've been wor working on, on it alre already, have had some good visits, have had some hard visits. And um, uh, in, in fact, we, cur 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 we currently have a young lady in our church who's involved in an internship with the mission agency. And you'll be hearing more about that this ne next year. Um, but anyway, um, what, what we are proposing to do and what we'll, we'll be talk, talking to you about, you'll be hearing about, is we're, we're, we're hoping to find a, an organization or a place that we can do similarly that we did with Laterno, and that is while we're vetting these mission agencies, we can find some place that we can get involved with an organization uh, in order to, for you to go visit. If you've not been, been exposed to cross-cultural cross -cultural ministry, we want to have a place that you can go where we've begun to develop a relationship. In fact, I was supposed to be in El Salvador today, but I had to, to, po to postpone the trip. And had I been there, I would have been there meeting with a group of pa pastors and church leaders that are asking for help. Uh, these, these are some, some churches that were planted by CAM missionaries, and we've had four missionaries over the years under CAM, and, and uh, uh, these were churches that were planted by them in the pre previous century. They've now taken over the, le the, the leadership of, of the churches, but they're asking for help with le leadership tra training and, and some other things. And so we'll be going in in the spring to meet with them with the idea of maybe that might be a group like the like the Laterno group, that we might use to build a relationship to send people back and forth to get an idea of what cross-cultural ministry is like. And in the meantime, we'll be finishing up our vetting of these other mission agencies. Um, and and um, so that's one thing we'll, we'll be wor working on. Another thing is we want to uh, develop our own one to six week in internships and uh, where where we, we can invite folks in this church to be involved in those kind of things to get expo exposure, uh, and praying all the time that, that with th this expo exposure that, that some, some of you might hear from the Lord and, and might, ha might have a desire to be involved in cross-cultural ministry either here, here in the United States, which one of the organizations that we'll be working with uh, to vet their work is based in the United States and, and, and then all, also in, in other countries countries. Our, our idea being that um, if somebody here in this church begins to have a desire to be involved in cross-cultural ministry, then we can say, okay, what have you been think, thinking about? What have you heard? What's on your heart? And we'll have organizations in place where they can, whatever part of the world, whatever pe people group they have an interest in, we, we would have a, a, a group for them to look, look at. Also, this net next year, what, what we hope to be doing is, uh, in the past, whenever people wanted to go out on a short-term thing, we used to have a lar larger number of co college kids in the church, we would invite them to give us an, an application, and then in April, we would take up an, an offering one Sunday morning to help these five or six young, young, young people, uh, wherever they're going, to pay for those expenses. We hope to start that, that again also, because we know that's one way that we can revitalize the movement here and encourage pe people to go out. Our goal 
uh, in all, all of this as we bring these things to, to, to you throughout the next year or two uh, will, will be to uh, con continue to concentrate in the areas of church planting, uh, church re revi re revitalization. Uh, that's an important thing because as the decades have gone by, there are places in the world where the gospel's gone out, churches have been planted been, been plant, planted, but just like here in the United States, problems come up and they, they need help and we would like to be able to do that. Also, we'd like to be able to help, help out with lead, leadership training and Bible translation. So those things that, that, that we've done over the last thir 35 years, uh, we're hoping to uh, restart, start, restart those things and you'll be hearing more uh, about, uh, about that as we get the organizations vetted and we begin to offer the short-term opportunities for folks to go see what's going on. Any questions? Matt, anything you would like to add? Okay, all right, thank you. So lastly, I uh, wanted to talk about uh, just some ongoing developments as we kind of redefine roles within our church family, uh, one of the things that, one of the more recent ones is the fact that when we went to hire uh, the music pastor, we knew that we really need to clarify what that role was going to be for the church moving forward, uh, knowing that that person wasn't going to do exactly what, in this case, Mark had always done. And so we rewrote the job description. You know that because you were a part of the approval process as we shared that with you and invited your feedback and uh, we're so glad that Brian is here. He has done a great job, right? So let's give Brian a round. But as you can tell, he was just up here talking about small groups. So even as his role is established, he is taking on different responsibilities just to best care for uh, those in the life of our church. One of the latest areas that we have been working on really over the last year or so is our secretary position, and Linda's been uh, involved in that conversation, and uh, she too has done a tremendous job over the last several years, so let's give Linda. Uh... I've always told her, and, I, and I, I mean this with all sincerity, I think that Linda has one of the most important uh, jobs in our church family because She's in, you know, in the hospital world, we call it a triage, and that first level of triage is often the most important because people are coming in on crisis, and she's the first person they talk to. And I can't think of a better person for someone in a crisis to talk to than Linda because she does just a, such a great job of loving and caring and guiding and directing, so her role is extremely valuable here. But we've been a part of this process of trying to determine, okay, what does this need to look like as roles continue to evolve on the pastoral staff? And that secretary position is one of the ones that we felt like needed to expand to include some other things beyond what Linda has historically done. We, we even asked Linda as we talked through this with her, is this something that you might be interested in? And her answer was pretty clear, no, not really. <laughs> okay. And so, uh, specifically, what we uh, feel like is important, somebody even mentioned this morning, Alexio. Well, Alexio has kind of become the backbone of the structure of how we do church here because so many things are tied to it. Um, you have an app on your phone that gives you access to people's contact information. It can direct you to their house if you're trying to figure out how to get there. Um, we also 
are, are tied to Alexio with our website. So everything that happens on our website goes through Alexio, including how we register for events and make payment for those events. In fact, all of our giving now goes through Alexio because it is kind of the, the, the central uh, database, if you will, of everything that happens within the life of that church. And it's a powerful tool, but we think we're probably using about a tenth of what it's capable of and really need to develop that to be more effective as we move forward. So we really need somebody to come in to do what uh, Linda has historically done in that receptionist role. But in addition to that, we're calling it kind of an administrative secretary role because they will take on some administrative responsibilities in how the ch church conducts its affairs in terms of events and activities and communication and information and all those sorts of things. And so we've kind of redefined that role. And I have uh, job descriptions that I'm going to put out on the four-year. Ideally, we would love for that position to be filled from within this body, that somebody uh, within our church who has a heart and desire for the ministry of people, um, the caring of our staff. Um, in fact, uh, I would say that, that Linda is kind of the, the linchpin to even our staff team because she's coordinating all the things that we are individually involved in. And so we really need somebody who can come in and embrace that role. But in addition to that, uh, advance some of what we're trying to do with our database so that we can really use it to its fullest potential for the benefit of our our body. So there's a lot more details in the job description. I would ask you to take one of these if you're interested, or if there's somebody who's not here who might have an interest that you would give this to them, ask them to prayerfully look through this. And if it's something that they want to talk more about, then to please contact us so that we can have a conversation and uh, walk through that together. So with that being said, any questions about that I've just shared, or anything else that we've talked about. Bottom line, we want you to be encouraged with things that we see God doing in the life of our church and where he's moving us forward, whether that's what's happening within our staff team, whether that's what's happening within missions, whether that's what's happening with camp or small groups, or you can see that, that God's hand is living and active, it's at work, and lives are being changed, and we want to be faithful to go wherever he's leading us. So this is exciting news, and we're excited to share it with you. So let me close this in prayer, and we'll be done this morning. Lord, thank you so much for the chance to share, as I think about Ephesians 2.10, the good works that you have prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And Lord, our prayer as a church family is to grow in our faithfulness to the ways that you are actively growing us that we'd be sensitive to where your hand is at work, that we'd be faithful to go where you lead, that we would encourage one another, and even more as the day draws near, that we would not forsake our gathering together, but we would see this is, as this, this church body is divinely appointed for uh, purposes that are intended to impact the world for your name's sake, and we don't want to take that lightly. We want to be faithful to that. So as we continue in our efforts, would you just help us walk in grace and grow in faithfulness and love for one another. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for being here, everyone.